there folks welcome to episode 88 of stacy's pop culture parlor i am your host the titular stace and i said titular again even though it's a joke i keep doing a lot because it's been a while because my brain broke and i stopped doing a podcast for like 10 minutes <laughs> and i felt bad about it start doing it again <laughs> And joining me for this very special uh, Doctor Who spectacular is parlour favourite and uh, one of my bestest buds and Tiffany Top gentleman with glasses. I've run out of ways to describe him. It's Lee Grice. Hello. Hello, Lee. That's, How are you doing? Yeah, I've been described worse ways, to be honest. <laughs> Bloke with glasses, I'll accept that. What a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creepy fucker. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that him over there, officer, yeah. with one of my. <laughs> but um, but yeah, hello and thanks for inviting me on. That's all right. How are you doing, matey? Yeah, not too bad. If I sound really husky and sexy, it's because I've got the flu. But uh, but other than that, yeah, not too bad. Oh, I, I, I don't have the flu. Huh? Sorry. Oh, you're the How are you doing? You're right. Oh, cool, blimey, what about that weather we've been having, eh? Um, <laughs> oh, how about the internet? Have you seen the internet? Do you know Google? Um, <laughs> ah, um, I don't have the flu, but I have had a cough for a week that won't go away, and it's it's driving me a little bit insane, if I'm honest. Um, you know when you just kind of want to either be really sick or just be well again? Yeah, like, yeah. I would take either of those things over this sort of half feeling a bit grim because yeah. it's also affecting how I'm sleeping, which is yeah. making me a bit doolally at work and everything. People are like, are you all right? And I'm like, what? I wasn't asleep at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's basically what I've been like. I mean, I'm like, it's a, it's a very kind of low level flu where I just feel kind of shite. Mm. You know, where I've just got yeah. no energy. I'm like, I'm not bedridden. I'm not throwing up. I'm just feeling really cack. Yeah. And just the, don't want to do anything. The the one time I had the flu, I wasn't bedridden or sick either. And so I felt bad about having time off work. But I had one of the weird symptoms of all of my body felt tender. So, yeah. like, literally just wrapping myself in a blanket. It was like, ow, 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 yeah. ow, my skin, ow. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah, yeah. so lame. I've never felt so feeble in my entire <laughs> life. I just said, ow, 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 ow. And, like, every time I moved, I was, like, walking up and saying, ow, 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 ow. Pathetic, really. It really is. It really is. Get and this then, blanket off me. <laughs> yeah. And then at the, uh, at the end of the week, I decided to stay up for, like, fucking 18 hours or whatever to do a Harry Potter marathon. But anyway, that's not what we're here to no, talk about. No. That we're was... Just... Uh, a flu-based mistake. <laughs> this episode, we like. I wasn't actually intending to do an episode this month because I'm I'm trying to relax from podcasting to like recover from the brain meltdown that I had after the live show, which we've discussed it at great length. But then, but then a new Doctor Who happened, and I was like, oh, I have words to say on this. <laughs> I got a bit excited. I have opinions. God, thanks. Try to be my microphone, James. <laughs> 
So um, before we actually do start talking about the episode a proper, uh, just for the the benefit of the listeners, um, do you want to tell people a little bit about where you stand with Doctor Who in terms of your watching habits and whatnot? Okay, right. I'm 48. My doctor, yeah, because everybody has their doctor. (laughs) My doctor would have been Tom Baker. He's the one I kind of remember. Although when I was a kid, I wasn't really big into Doctor Who. I wasn't a big Doctor Who fan, you know, regular watcher or anything. I used to dip in and out and watch occasional episodes because obviously when I was, you know, a kid, um, I was a big Star Wars fan as everybody of my kind of generation was. And kind of the BBC budget just didn't live up to that Mm. then, so it couldn't compete. So I kind of discovered Doctor Who, the the classic Doctor Who via the comics because I got given about 30-odd issues of Doctor Who Weekly, like the first 30 issues or 35 issues or whatever it was, and really clicked with the comics, which were really good at the time. Dave Gibbons was drawing them, John Wagner and Pat Mills were writing them, and they were fantastic because they were what I wanted Doctor Who to be in that they were epic and big budget. Yeah, obviously because of the comics, there was no budget really. So they'll be grand and eccentric and all that kind of stuff. So I got into it as a kid via the comics, which then led me back to the TV series around about um, Pete Davidson time, or Davidson time, and kind of, again, but was never a really rabid, again, Doctor Who fan, and kind of discovered it, came back to it. In fact, fact, I think I got into it just when it got cancelled, I, I got into it just when Sylvester McCoy, when his kind of era was really kicking off, because this started off really shonky with, um, what's the face, the ginger monster. I can't think of a name now. But <laughs> people who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. So when Ace came in and all that kind of stuff, and kind of like the, the Sylvester McCoy era kind of kicked off, that's when I jumped in and got back into it, the one with the vampires and the second World War II and all that kind of stuff. Really got into it, and then it was cancelled right after, and then it kind of like, oh, well, that's nice. As soon as I get into it, they... they <laughs> uh, same thing happened with Blake 7, by the way. I ignored Blake 7 for years and years and years and years and years, finally got into it, and then it just how it happened. I was getting into the what turned out to be the final series, and they cancelled it just so I was into it. But anyway, so I kind of, I'm kind of sorta an old time fan mm-hmm. of Doctor Who, and I've kind of since it finished in that kind of dead period when there was no new Doctor Who. That's when I sort of got into it via the videos and and whatnot, and kind of got big into it then. And then, so, but I and then I've been like watching it since it came back, like full on really. Although I don't. Although I've, I've watched it and been a fan of it since it came back, I don't consider myself like a proper rabid Doctor Who fan. Like yeah. with, with um, like if it, if it's good, I think it's good, and if it's shit, I'll say it's shit. I won't I won't slag it if I don't think it's you know for the sake of it, and I won't just love it unconditionally for the sake of it. And I, I was fully expecting like I, I had my issues since it's come back. I've had my issues with uh, some of Russell T Davies' stuff. And I generally like Moffat stuff better than Russell T. Davies's um, stuff. And then when we had the um, oh the big the big changer, but obviously like uh, Chris Chibnall was becoming the new showrunner, mm-hmm. and I was basically then thinking I would probably chuck it in because I've not been a fan of Chibnall's Doctor Who stuff or Doctor Who universe stuff like Torchwood and that kind of thing at all. Uh, and then they did the whole gender switchery thing which kind of yeah. got me intrigued <laughs> um 
And I was kind of anti, to be honest, you know, I, I put my hand up, I was kind of anti making Doctor Who a woman. Uh, mm. Not for any kind of major, I hate women type reasons, but just because I, my default setting really is if you've got a successful character and you then want to do a female version of that character, you create a new character that way, thereby expanding what we've got. Everybody wins. So like Superman was a hit. If you want to do a Superman for girls, you don't turn Superman into a girl. You create Wonder Woman and then you've got two. So that's basically my default setting. But when they said, yeah, we're making a woman, I was kind of like, okay, fine. That's, you know, wouldn't have been my choice, but yeah, that's fine. So, and then I once about, you know, the casting, I thought, oh yeah, she's going to be good, I think. So I'm kind of, kind of on board, but I was going into this, this new series basically really kind of on the fence <laughs> in that well. I'd like, I, I'm kind of, I was kind of behind it because of the, the gender change thing. Because having gone from I'm not really keen, because of the negative reaction to that, I would then became, I then picked a side and went, no, I'm very pro this now. Thank you and shut the fuck up. (laughs) I was kind of very kind of into it now and pro because of that, but still very much not wanted to get excited about it because it's Chris Chibnall, who I think is not a great (laughs) creator. So, yeah. And that brings us to like Saturday. So. That's where I'm. Fair dues. Well, I mean, so from my, I'm going to make you feel better about yourself because I was not keen on a lady doctor either. I've been on record on podcasts before saying this. And the reason for it is, again, it's not like a, I hate women get the tits out of the TARDIS and all that sort of like Daily Mail commenter sort of nonsense. Yeah. It's because I don't think there are many good role models for boys who are like respectful of women and try to solve things with their brain and the talking rather than the the violence and the punching yeah Yeah. and so i thought actually we would be losing a really good role model for boys in that sense um but it was when you know was it last year i can't remember at what sort of thing there was like something happening on the telly and during it, they did, like, a reveal of Jodie Whittaker. And it was yeah. just her, like, looking around in the woods a bit, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, literally the instant I saw that, it was like, oh, no, I needed this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was like, oh, oh no, this is spectacular. I have to I have to watch this now. And I got very, very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was in the same way that I – because I've said this before about representation of any sort of, like – I don't want to say minority, but you know what I mean, like mm. of, of some sort of like not very often represented. Yeah, thing. an underrepresented section. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I had the same thing with BoJack Horseman when they made a character in it asexual, because mm. I thought like you know representation's great, but you know it's not it's not like fucking the be all and end all. And then yeah. the instant they made a character on a show actually say the word asexual, I was like, oh, and like I I kind of started crying because I was mm. like oh, no, this is really a thing. It's not yeah, just yeah, me, yeah. and it's not weird. And and that character's now been, like, working through that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, <clears throat> it's just been really amazing to watch. The one thing I will say, though, that I think is a little bit of a problem for Doctor Who as well is that when you are, like, one thing, uh, like, one kind of representation of a thing, <laughs> a lot of people pin their hopes on that but not yeah, everyone's experiences yeah. are the same. So, like, 
I'll get to it when I get to it, but like the representation of dyspraxia in this new episode was something that I found interesting in terms of the responses online. But before mm-hmm. we get there, I came to Doctor Who solely in the new versions. And okay. I did a weird way of watching it. And I can't remember for why, but I started watching at Series 3. I want to say it was because somebody had told me about Paul Cornell writing episodes in that series. So I thought, aha, I'll watch them and see what they're like. And then I liked them, so I watched the whole of Series 3, went back and watched 1 and 2, and then started watching 4 when it was on the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first one I watched, like, as it was airing. Yeah. And um, I would probably say that my doctor is Matt, Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of wonderful, and he looks like a human Dorito, and I just kind of love him. Um, <laughs> he's so triangular, but I love him. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. It goes my throat. Oh, I know. What are we like? We're a pair uh, of... No, this is, yeah, I'm like choking back. I'm, I'm sipping on water to try and keep my throat <laughs> lubricated. A pair of snot-filled, disgusting mm-hmm. bags. Um. A hair just fell out of my head that was perfectly half black and half grey. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have any experience of previous Doctor Who. Yeah. <clears throat> but I will say that I do think the show has come on in leaps and bounds in terms of, like, clearly its budget in terms mm. of both actors and effects and costumes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Because I recently went back to start re-watching Series 1 and it's hard, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I struggled. I mean, I, I must admit, when it came back, I was fucking elated, mm. right? Absolutely, this is amazing that Doctor Who's back, because I very clearly remember the periods where there was absolutely no fucking sci-fi on TV at all. Mm. There was That was it. You really just had to pick the nuts out of whatever you got chucked at you to be honest and the BBC wouldn't spend any money on anything so you'd have to just grab bits and pieces so I was really chuffed when it came back when it come back and they got some money behind it and Russell T Davies was, was doing it because he was I was aware of his work as a proper dramatist and all this kind of stuff <laughs> uh, which was like well fucking hell you know they're, they're not screwing around with this whereas you know and I could clearly remember like in the last years of the original version, the vintage version, we want to call it. There really was a sense of, of, you know, as a viewer of the BBC giving up on it mm. and not giving a shit about it, and really just just throwing any old shit at the at the wall. You know, all these dreadful comedy cameos and all this kind of stuff. And you could feel that the writers were writing their hearts out into it. And Sylvester McCoy had kind of found his feet with it and all this kind of stuff. Bonnie Langford, thank you. That's who the annoying. <laughs> Bonnie fucking Langford. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. You can, I can thought you you've just that? got some sort of weird celebrity Tourette's then. <laughs> just yelling Bonnie Langford at me. Roger <laughs> Parkinson. Sorry, what, sorry. What did I, I do? <laughs> so, yeah, Bonnie Langford. Anyway, so, <laughs> so you did get the feeling that they were just screwing, screwing around, and it was, they just didn't give a shit about it. And it was seen as a joke and all this kind of stuff. So when it came back, and they'd actually put some money on it, and there was some proper effects into it and proper actors in it and stuff like that and even watching watching it when it came back there was clearly a lot of stuff that didn't work there was a lot of jokes that didn't work a lot of humor didn't work Russell T Davies was was a very kind of uh split writer and then he'd do some very dark dramatic stuff really well and then he'd feel the need to temper that with some really silly juvenile gags like the burping 
wheelie bins and the farting aliens oh. and that kind of thing, <laughs> which you kind of watch at the time and just and you'd accept because you're so used to being shittily treated, you'd really just get used to focusing on the good stuff and just kind of blanking out the crap stuff. So as it went through year after year and it got better, and I do think it got better and better and better, and I, I like to turn Moffat more than, than Russell T, to be honest. Although Russell T deserves all the kudos for, for bringing it back and making it a massive success and all that kind of stuff. So, but then, like, I did that, and I went back and watched the first series and really struggled to get through it because the stuff that you was able to just laugh off or ignore first time around because you were just so glad to have it back was a lot harder or was just impossible to ignore second time round. Yeah. And, and I think there's maybe two or three or something episodes in the first season I could watch. Um, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you know, the whole Rose stuff just didn't work for me. Oh, that, I hate I hate her mom. I really hate her mom. <laughs> I, I, I hated, yeah, I hated Rose's mom. And, oh. and Nikki and that was just all awful and dreadful. And that's the sort of stuff and that's exactly the kind of stuff like you'd have you kind of yeah, it was annoying first time around, but you kind of was able to just put it to one side and go, yeah, but, you know, we've got, we've actually got Doctor Who back, so let's not be arsey about it. Yeah. yeah and, and just, and then once it was back and established, you go back and go, yeah, fucking hell, Rose is annoying. Yeah, oh, God, Mommy's just so annoying. <laughs> His job, job, in it up all over the place and that kind of stuff. But, um, what were we talking about? How did we... Um, I don't know. And also, we were going to keep this to a tight 30, and we're almost at 20, and we haven't even fucking started. So, oh, anyway, Saturday. <laughs> so, so, Saturday, Saturday rolls around. Uh, I was a bit trepidatious, based mostly on the Chibnall knowledge, and also the fact that there were going to be three companions, one of which was Bradley Walsh, because I don't know the other two at all. I don't know what they're from, and... Like, I've never seen them act in anything yeah. uh, at all. But Bradley Walsh, to me, is very Bradley Walsh. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I was like, I'm going to watch this and be expecting him to, like, start an episode of The Chase. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know if I can accept. So I was like, I put it on on Saturday, and I said to Rich, I'm not, like, I'm not excited like I used to be, like, during, especially the first Matt Smith season. Like, I was literally like, it's Saturday, everyone shut up. Yeah. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. I remember being at Richie's Turn sister's that phone house. Off. I remember being at Richie's sister's house the one Christmas, and we tried to watch Doctor Who, and Richie's mum just spent the entire time going, who's that? Where are they? What's happening? I was like, Pam, I love you, and I, I know home. it's Christmas, but I will murder you. I will. I will do it on Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Saturday. Oh, my God. The woman who fell to earth. Lee, what do you think about this episode? Okay, right. As an overview, Mm -hmm. I really fucking loved it. Me too. (laughs) And it really surprised me because, like I said, I I, I had kind of trepidatious feelings. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. And what's more, in the scope of first episodes, like the first Doctor episodes. Yeah. Uh, which could be very shonky, to be honest. That that kind of first episode with the new Doctor, stuff doesn't quite gel. The actor generally, generally, every new Doctor actor kind of goes OTT yeah. for the first couple of episodes because that's the kind of role it tends to be. And they feel like, oh, right, we need to go broader with this. We need to go really kind of... Because it's the Doctor, he's all jumping around and waving his arms and all that kind of stuff. And then they tend to settle down over time and, and get into it. So 
but I was thinking, as first Doctor episodes, it was really one of the best ones, I think. It was, it's actually came across as one of the most, you know, the best, it worked best as a, as a, as a, as an episode in, in itself. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, it, it were, I mean, I really like the fact that the title sequence wasn't at the start. That threw me because you're waiting for it to kick in. Yeah, it really threw me. You're getting kind of a really weird, kind of edgy, nervous feeling yeah. about it. It's like <laughs> 10 minutes and we haven't had the title sequence yet. When is this going to happen? How long is this bloody intro going to be? This teaser. And I liked, so that immediately put me on edge. And I liked that it just built, it, it, it almost assumed no foreknowledge at all and just built up as a self-contained mystery and, and introduced the characters as they went along, which I thought was quite nice. So, yeah. So I'll shut up now and let you talk. <laughs> well, I also loved it. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to start with some of my, my couple of my little niggles mm. uh, just because I want to end on a high. I, was very nervous at the start because the opening sequence, whilst it was very beautifully shot, there were some gorgeous like views and sunsets and shit that looked amazing. But it felt very sort of like casualty. Yeah, yeah. Hold me sitting. Maybe even doctor's level, not great. Uh, it's going to eat like some this, almonds in a minute and die. Yeah, like this this family on a on a hill trying to teach a kid how to ride a bike, and I was like, this is a bit. <clears throat> bit weird i don't i don't quite know how i feel about this um I'm probably not the best place to learn how to ride a bike to be honest i thought that it <laughs> real fucking high up i kept saying to rich if he's not careful he's just going over a fucking cliff like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know he's 19 and kind of embarrassed and all that but there's got to be a better place than up a fucking mountain yeah you would think you, you would think <laughs> but apparently not so like that sort of initial bit rolled me up a bit and also yeah. um i really think the marketing for this show oh yeah guys we're gonna spoil the shit out of this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so many spoilers the marketing for this really spoiled the fact like we knew from the instant we watched like the instant you find out that that is a family yeah of a nan and her husband and the grandkid yeah. you know that nan's not making it to the end uh, yeah she's exactly. not in a single she, piece of promotion yeah, she's been material. not in a single photo not an interview yeah. The there is a hundred percent no way that Bradley Walsh is the granddad, like or the step granddad, and the kid as yeah. the grandkid are gonna go off gallivanting around the galaxy with the doctor and just leave Nan at home with yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sammy. Like it's never so like instantly me and Rich were like, Oh, she can't die. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What the hell is gonna happen? Yeah, um, it's unfortunate really, uh, because it did kind of just blow that. And, and I haven't even been watching much of the of the of the adverts and stuff like that, but it just yeah, it was just really obvious. Yeah, it um, really was, and that sort of took any like whilst her death towards the end was still kind of like sad. Mm. It was so inevitable that I was just like, well, we all saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the time you get um, to it, it's like, oh, is that how they're going to do it then? That seemed a bit, you know, okay. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. One of the one of the other things I wasn't a hundred percent keen on either, and this is kind of just being picky, really, is so a lot of people have been saying that they didn't like the fact that the alien was basically like a, a sort of budget predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was just like I've come to Earth to get a target and then I'm going to go. I didn't mind that. I thought that was yeah. a fair enough, you know. Yeah, 
It's an easy way to get an alien in a situation without there having to be so much backstory because we're already trying to build up three companions. Yeah, exactly. You've already and a new doctor. Yeah, a new doctor, three companions. That's four characters you've got to introduce. Yeah. You don't need a complex bad guy to go with it. Yeah. Again, I I do agree that yeah, he's not the most interesting baddie in the world to be honest. I think he got less interesting, funny enough, when he took the helmet off, and what should have been a really creepy, scary. Monster mm. of a guy with a face full of teeth. Yeah. Literally. Just yeah. across, oh, it's just a guy. It's just a bloke. Yeah. You know, it's not even like an alien. But anyway, but yeah, and I, I, yeah, but I exactly, I do think, yeah, he wasn't the most interesting villain in the world, but he, he shouldn't have been. Yeah. I, yeah, was. I didn't, I didn't mind it. My biggest problem, I was going to say, was when he unmasked because, and I don't know whether this was slightly spoiled for me by the fact that, I don't know if you've ever watched, um, Channel Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the, uh, yeah, so for those it's that have The big tooth monster is fucking horrible. Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. Yeah. So Channel Zero is like, um, some anthology, uh, horror, like sort of, is it six episodes each series or something? something like based, that. Yeah, it's based yeah, on, based on creepy pastors. Yeah, the creepy pasta stories, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the first series had like a, a monster that was basically made out of baby teeth and it made this horrendous like clickety clacking sound as it yeah. moved because it was just so many goddamn teeth yeah. whereas this just looked like a guy with some white spots really yeah it just looked like yeah a guy <laughs> um, with like really bad acne yeah it was a shame actually that they couldn't make that look a bit more threatening because i actually thought his costume was really rad yeah, it was, it was really kind of cool. It was funny, and you kind, you kind of so built cool. up on the fact that he was steaming all the time, was really clever. My other quibble, and it really is just a load of quibbles, while we're talking negatives, it is just like a shitload of quibbles, really, was, you know that big, was it blue or purple pod oh, thing? Oh, that it, fucking mushroom thing that, that he appeared perfume jar. That does not suit his aesthetic. Exactly, that was it. I thought, <laughs> am I doing really arsy? That does not look not like his technology at no. all. No, it was weird. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't fit. Yeah, and that, that to me says that's cheating. That's storytelling cheating in that it doesn't look. Because you think, oh, that looks like a, it almost looks like magical or something. There's going to be a genie in there. It did look like <laughs> perfume to me. I thought it was yeah. going to like peel away and turn into like, like a tulip style skirt of a person yeah, like inside. A like, <laughs> yeah, it was so, it was so weird. And, and the fact that it, it cracked rather than opened. It was like, oh, is that just a single-use deal then? Yeah. How they, how they, how he, supposed to work? hatch? Was that an egg? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it can't know. be. Because he couldn't have hatched because he had a load of teeth in his face, yeah. so he's obviously killed a lot yeah, of people. No, yeah, he ain't due to it. But yeah. I just thought that seems like a really know. weird, crappy yeah. technology. It's a one-use, but he's clearly going to get back. So why would it why would it kind of crack like an egg? Why would it self-destroy? I think the thing that rolled me up about that as well, well, I say rolled me up, I mean, I wasn't like seething about it. I was yeah. just like, well, that's a bit weird. Was the fact that when you first see that sort of like wiggly tentacle, yeah. data tentacle pod thing, <clears throat> they make that really fucking creepy because yeah, um, you don't see it in the light very well at first and it's just this like writhing mass of like tentacly wormy squirmy it's yeah. really unsettling yeah, like yeah. Re- like genuinely scary i was like oh no don't like doctor who's going full scares again and then you see this fucking like perfume pod just sort of like clonk open yeah. and i was like well that's it just doesn't the, the aesthetic there doesn't really gel it didn't, like no, at it didn't, all. no it didn't quite click with it it's one of those things where i get the feeling there was something else going on and here, here's kind of skipping to the end I've got a theory that that guy, Mr. Toothface, or uh, what, what did he call 
Tim Shaw. Which is a, which is a joke that didn't work for me, to be honest. Oh, I'll be like, love that. No, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, it's one of those, like, I okay, I get it, but it's also not, when you've not, when you've kind of like undermined your, your villain by him not being as scary as you think he's going to be, mm. then giving him a, like a goofy name kind of just undermines it. But anyway, my theory is he's going to come back and we're going to have a follow up episode. Ooh, okay. Because there's so many plot holes and kind of stuff that's been left undealt with. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping anyway, at least, that they are going to come back and finish some st- stuff off because there was a lot of dangling plot threads and stuff like the, like the, the abducted girl. It's like, well, so what the, what was the fucking point of that then? If you, cause he kind of, he, the, the guy abducted the, the, the perfume bottle thing, took the perfume bottle thing. Somehow, how he shifted that fucking thing on his own, I don't know, but blah, 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 whatever. Paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. So he takes that back. You find out he's got an interesting backstory and that his, his sister was abducted or, or kidnapped or, or whatever by this, this alien before. And then he's promptly killed. And then that's just left completely un. See, I'd sort of semi assumed that, that he hadn't kidnapped her, that he, that she, that he'd, he'd killed her. Like, be, I, this is, this is, like yeah, I'm not 100% sure no, what No, and this is right. Like, and also, the other thing, because there was a really weird attitude to death in the episode. Like, we're talking about yeah. the grandma diet. But there was also what I thought was a really, it just really stood out to me and made me feel very uncomfortable. There's a scene with a with with security guard who's talking to his granddaughter on the laptop or something or on the phone. And it's a very brittle little scene where he's going, okay, darling, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling me while I'm at work. Blah, blah, blah. And off he goes. And then immediately gets killed by the, by the alien. And I thought, if that doesn't get then referred back to at some point, that's just a really, seemed like a really brutal, uh, <laughs> gratuitous thing to do to go, oh yeah, here's the typical, you know, security guard who gets killed by the monster. But we're going to give him a, really give him a really sweet, background that he's a lovely old grandpa and his granddaughter loves him and she calls him at work and they're <coughs> dead <laughs> just seemed really fucking nasty a nasty thing to do yeah with no because no, i was like okay what are they trying to say and then and then to back and i thought well that would have worked okay if then there was consequences to that like the doctor sees that this alien's killed this this old man in uh, in cold blood and then goes off at him or something but the doctor sees the dead old guy and really doesn't blink about it. Mm. It just takes, I think, takes his walkie-talkie or something. I can't remember. And then it just goes on, and then it's all the thing about the climbing up the uh, up the crane for for mm. twenty minutes. <laughs> so, um, and that's the other quibble as well. The pacing was quite shonky on on this. I thought it, it it went really quick, really kind of raced through. And then as soon as they got to that kind of building site at the end, it just kind of stopped. And it's like, yeah, yeah, grind. But, um, and it was like, cause it was like a 10 minutes extra episode, wasn't it? Something like an hour instead yeah. of 50 minutes. Could have done with a, taking that extra 10 minutes and sticking it at the front and, and, and giving that, uh, the guy with the, uh, with the kidnapped, abducted or murdered sister, give him, let's know more about him and what his deal is. Introduce him earlier. So he's, he's in from the start rather than just appearing out of nowhere and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think that's my kind of, Negative quibbles, I yeah. think. That's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all. Uh, all the negatives uh, the, I had. <laughs> uh, the the only other thing really was, and then again, this is it's not even a quibble because I think it's going to get dealt with in the future. Is that 
Well, I thought Jodie Whittingall was fantastic and just dropped into it straight away. And yeah, she does the typical new Doctor actor of being a bit OTT. And she was a bit too smiley. There was there was points where I, I wanted to see that kind of like the Doctor can switch and go from being your best friend to being a bit sinister. Yeah. And she didn't have that didn't have that moment where she turns and switches and goes. Even the bit where she kind of threatens the alien at the end to go, I I know who I am. I'm the Doctor. Yada yada yada. And thankfully, they didn't do the one of those, I'm the mighty god, alien, everybody, all nasty people, <laughs> quiver at the sound of my voice and go ask the Daleks, they'll shit you right up, mate. And didn't do that. Thank God they didn't, they didn't do that kind of, she didn't do that kind of speech. But, but there was, there was, I was waiting for the moment where she stops being this sunny, uh, smiley, happy-go-lucky individual and shows a bit of the, the dark side that the doctor's got. Serious people have died. Let's stop fucking around, kind of side. But like I said, I'm sure I'm assuming that's going to come later. I just would have liked to have seen a flash of that. Yeah, I sort of felt like she was still working out the kinks, if that makes sense. Like, I'd, I've got to admit, and this is something really bad that I admitted to Rich at the end of the What's the episode. I really liked Peter Capaldi as the Doctor. Yeah. I cannot remember for the life of me any fucking stories that he was in, though. Yeah. Like, not a single one, because not like they wrote such crap for him. I couldn't even remember how he died mm. or how he, like, at what point he turned into Jodie Whittaker. Like, I knew it was Christmas last year, yeah. but I couldn't place at all, like, how that had happened. <clears throat> So, like, in my head, I was only ever really comparing it to Rose, which I'd watched quite recently, mm. and The Eleventh Hour, which is, like, one of my favourite episodes. Mm. And I feel like there's always a bit of a hint in those. Not so much in Rose, because I feel like he's a he's pretty well in his doctorness at that point. Yeah. But, like, in The Eleventh Hour, he's very much sort of, like, getting used to his body and, like, what's happening and mm. and settling into his new personality and, like, the bits of the old one are still there and whatnot. Um, yeah. And I sort of felt like that was, like, she hadn't quite fully restored, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For going yeah. on a computer. I, th- I think that's kind of what they've kind of set up. Mm. Whether they've officially said it or whether it's just kind of nudge a wink head cannon, you know, to excuse why the actor's still finding their feet and finding the levels and all that kind of stuff, to just say, oh, well, immediately after regeneration, the doctor's just a bit skew if yeah. while he's while he's still cooking or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or she. Uh, or she. <laughs> uh, this is going to take some getting used to. Um, <laughs> then it's then it is that they just say that that's what the deal is, and I think it's just a way of saying okay. I think it started with like Colin Baker to be honest, yeah. because he had a big plan for his thing that his doctor was going to start off quite aggressive and unpleasant, and then. He warms up as he as he goes through, assuming he was going to be in there for a long run, yeah. and then he got fired after a year or, or two <laughs> years or whatever, and didn't get to do it, which was a shame because he really, Oops. yeah, because he he was he was the one who really came in and wanted to do it, and he had the big plan for it and wasn't able to do it. So yeah, so I think I think I think most actors, I think the the problem with uh, with Eccleston or or the reason Eccleston kind of gets a pass is because he was only there for the one series, we don't know what he was going to do with it or yeah. what he could have done, how he would have changed as it went along. And I think he was only ever going to be there for one series. So whatever he, whatever creative choices he made with episode one, that was it, really. He was kind of stuck with that. He was kind of, that was that was the deal then for the yeah. for the rest of, of that series, you know. Yeah. But yeah, what, so, um, okay. 
Sorry. What what I will say about um about Jodie is that like so <laughs> it's a difficult as I was saying earlier, it's difficult being the thing that represents the thing. Like yeah. um, you know, when Wonder Woman came out, that was like the first, you know, lady led superhero movie. And if it had tanked, it would have been because, you know, she's a woman and the director yeah. is a woman and, you know, women are shit or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on, on these things to do like a lot of things. And I think what I enjoyed quite a lot about this episode was that there was just enough of the referencing the fact that she is now a she mm-hmm. without it being like, you know, like they could easily have done when, uh, you know, the, the part at the very start where she meets the policewoman and she calls her madam and she's like, why are you calling me madam? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's happening? They could have easily gone down the route of having her, like, grab her tits and be like, oh, I am a woman or something. I was, I was like, actually, I was, I was actually wondering, will they do the tit grab bit? Because obviously, I mean, there was the, the, the comic relief skit years ago where you had the doctor become Joanna Lomley and a bunch of others. Yeah. And stuff like that. And they actually did the tit crab gag. And I thought, well, um, but obviously that was a, that was a skit. That was a, you know, a comedy sketch. But I did wonder, will they do that bit? Or, yeah. you know. If, if I had have done, I think I'd have gone mad. So like, for me, it was just the right level of different that it, it makes it an interesting prospect without it just being like the fact that she's a woman is the only thing that's important. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. one of the things I thought they handled really well was at the end when she gets a new outfit. Because, like, it could have so easily turned into, like, oh, yeah, she's a woman, so, of course, we've got to have a fucking shopping montage. Yeah, yeah. But actually, she just, like, goes raiding a charity shop, and it's really yeah. charming and adorable. Yeah, yeah. And she just comes out in the world's weirdest outfit, and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought, I thought it was an interesting uh, choice to type. I mean, I don't know how... Well, was it set Sheffield? Was it, or am I just yeah, picking yeah, up Sheffield? Because I know there was, I saw quite a few comments on going, "Oh, this is so Sheffield," and I'm like, oh, "Well, I don't know how Sheffieldy it is," but I just thought it was interesting to take her away from the um, from the TARDIS and then basically have a deal with stuff. Now, I thought with the charity shop thing, I thought that worked quite well, mm-hmm. and to actually have a beer. I mean, it made sense it was a charity shop because she's not going to have money. Yeah. So. That makes it, you say you're going to go whatever's cheap and you're just going to dress in whatever you can find. The flip side of that, I thought, was the bit where she built her own sonic screwdriver, which yeah. I thought didn't work then. I thought you, it had crossed the line from, I don't understand how you could build something so high-tech and futuristic uh, of bits and pieces. I know, I know you're supposed to just go, yeah, but she's the doctor. She can do fucking anything. But my, in the back of my head, my brain's still going, yeah, but she's still having to make it with 21st century odds and sods. Yeah, see, for yeah. me, I I see where you're coming from, and I did also think the same thing, because I was like, hold on, how is it doing any of the stuff? Mm. Like, how is it scanning alien bodies when it's not, yeah, the technology yeah. is insane? But the thing that I really liked about that sequence was getting to see a woman, like, engineering on yeah, the Yeah, build something. Yeah, yeah you, you don't ever get to see a woman weld. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, to me, it, just, it felt really nice to see her no, that's, uh, yeah, just, like, that's a completely... building and, and, and welding yeah. and sciencing. And it was, <laughs> yeah. it was like that's when I saw the Ghostbusters, um, the Lady Ghostbusters reboot. Like, yeah. the thing I really, one of the things I really enjoyed about that was seeing, like, women being interested in, like, academic science. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't get smart women no. on 
on TV or it, not in like pop culture stuff. Like unless you're no. watching a documentary, you, <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah. get that a lot. And so it felt it felt good to see her do that, like yeah. with her big goofy goggles and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I do agree that I think you possibly need a bit more futuristic tech than than perhaps yeah. you could have found in a in a Sheffield like yeah, like it's one of those, they if been, yeah, if it had been a lab or something, I guess if she'd broken <laughs> into or, or some kind of high tech computer factory or or something like that yeah i could i could dismiss it a little bit easier and just go yeah well she's clearly stealing you know <laughs> using whatever's lying around the cutting edge yada 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 yeah but in fact it was just clearly and i thought well you know why are there even computer chips in in that corner <laughs> in whatever <laughs> it seems to be like a garage yeah or that's whatever a good point. <laughs> and, and stuff like that but it's again again it's just quibbles and stuff mm. you know uh, which I can, you know, I, I do feel kind of mean because overall I did, and I think just because of the level of the quibbles, really. Oh yeah, you can tell. Much. Yeah, the fact that we're nitpicking like the fucking colour of an alien pod is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things that like that I really enjoyed was how taking her away from the TARDIS, how like relatable it felt, if that makes sense. Mm. So on top of like having like the Graham and Grace, which was like Bradley Walsh and um, you know the nan and, yeah. and and the bike and the stuff. We've also got like a little bit of we see a bit of policey business happening with Yaz yeah. and her like um, supervisors and whatnot. Yeah. But then on top of that, we also had things like now I know a lot of people who have very divided opinions of this, but we also had drunk man with a kebab throwing salad at an alien yeah, who yeah. I personally fucking adore. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, because I, I love the fact, like, like how how human is is it a reaction of somebody who first of all is cross that they found a fucking salad in their kebab? Like, get that away from me. When I'm ordering a kebab, I'm not looking for nutrition, <laughs> and I'm certainly I'm almost certainly drunk if I'm ordering a kebab. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he just like sees something he doesn't understand, and his drunk brain just thinks I'll lob this tomato at it, yeah. was wonderful. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I'm not saying I thought it was like a comedy classic or anything like that, but I thought I, I had no objections to it. I thought it was, you know, an interesting or obscene and yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah, there are people who kind of took objection to it. Go, oh, of course, you got a drunk guy with a kebab because it's set in the north. I thought, well, you know, could have been anywhere, though. That I was going to say, have you ever been down fucking Broad Street? That's that's that, would, right. that, would, that, would that would have worked in Birmingham or, or yeah. East then. A drunk with a kebab is a drunk with a kebab. Yeah, exactly. You know? The thing I found interesting about that was because when you look back on it, I wanted to rewatch this before we recorded it, but mm. I didn't get a chance. But when you look back on it, there's actually quite a high body count for a first episode. There is, yeah, like I was saying about the death, there is, there is kind of like a weird, it, it, it is, there is a lot of dead people in it, and it's quite, you know, the whole thing about the pulling the teeth out and stuff was kind of kind of nasty for, for, for a Doctor Who. Yeah, it's dark as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I quite um, liked that though because I well, think yeah, sometimes I, Doctor Who works like better when it's scarier. Well, it um, is. I mean, that's that's something that's kind of kind of lost a little bit during Moffat's reign because he kind of made it. A mo- One of the things I liked about Moffat was that he introduced time travel, which I think, which I, I know sounds like well, fucking do it's Doctor Who. When you watch <laughs> the old ones, and there's no stories that the time travel aspect is just to get you to a place. Yeah. Once they get there, the story's just a monster yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He actually introduced time travel elements in it. So, you know, paradoxes and loops and uh, all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah. Which actually wasn't in Doctor Who very much at all until he kind of uh, brought it in. But at the same time, then he kind of lost the, the, the monster aspect, a lot of it, and it stopped being... I mean, I remember when it first came back, on the BBC website, on their cult page, which I dearly love and miss, they'd, they'd have a review of each episode by the by kids, and they would literally give it a fear factor rating every week about how scary it was. So at the start, like, the scare factor was a very, very key, important part of the story, of the, of the, of the whole show, really. And that's kind of the whole hiding behind the sofa thing. And that kind of got lost a little bit. And yeah. one of the things I did like about this was it kind of brought back the, 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 the horror is probably too strong a term, but you know, the scariness of it, including, and this is something I've been meaning to talk about, was the music, the new, the new music. <gasps> I love it so much. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was terrific because it, it got rid of, I'm not that I'm not, I'm not slagging off Murray Gold. There was a lot yeah. of Murray Gold stuff that I really liked. But it was very, generally your impression of it was it was very up-tempo and positive and yeah, da 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 I was, of. yeah, like, uh, my feelings on Murray Gold are that I think he, he definitely got better as the seasons went on, but he was always quite bombastic, if yeah. that makes sense. So, like, if there was a piece of music that was supposed to be happy, it was very, like, or, like, if it was supposed to be sad, it was, like, everybody break out sad violins. Yeah. And it was very, like, yeah, it was very – cheesy is probably the best way to describe it, yeah. but I don't mean that necessarily badly. I just I mean think, it's yeah, I think kind of obvious. Did, yeah, they, they clearly went, went – they went to go big with it. They clearly decided yeah. – because traditional – again, going back to the old Doctor Who, the music was awful, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> it was shit. It was it was the BBC Radio Phonics workshop, and it was one dude on a synthesizer going, wow, wow. It was horrible. So they obviously, when they brought it back, they thought, we're going to go fucking big with this, and it's going to be an orchestra, and it's going to be cinematic, and it's going to be, you know, John Williams-y-ish, mm-hmm. and just go for that yeah-da-da-da-da kind of thing. Um, but after a while, that becomes... Um, it affects the tone of it, you know, because it's very daylighty and it becomes very bright. And then with this new guy who, and I'm meant to look up his name and I've forgotten because I'm, I'm a Oh, shit no, I know what it is, but I have no idea how to pronounce it. So I'm not going to say it because it will be offensive. <laughs> it I will be. Um, and I don't, I don't, like, I feel really bad, yeah. but I just don't want to butcher it. So I'm sorry. So, I really love you, new yeah, music so guy. <laughs> I thought that he came back and he basically did the kind of like the John Carpenter thing where it's just low and atonal and kind of, um, Semi-melodic, is that even a, a word term? I don't know. I'm, I'm not a music literate person. But um, I thought that was really good. And it had a very, like, say, it did... Uh... It felt industrial to me, in yeah, places, yeah, especially the, um, the the sort of redo of the theme tune that came at the end. Like, yeah. that that to me felt very sort of, like, eerie, like a spooky industrial... I really yeah. liked it. I really liked I think, it. Yeah, it was very much a flashback, I thought. It felt very... Old school, like it went yeah. right back. I mean, there's a lot of the, the, the there's a lot of the the reads on theme tunes over the years that I really dug. I really like the ones where it was kind of military and there was like military drums behind it. And the drums, kind of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really dug all that kind of stuff, but I really dug this one where they just they just really went right back to the start. I mean, just having just slugged off the synthesizers, I'm really <laughs> can be a complete hypocrite and go. I really like that it was just synthesizers and that it 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 did just felt uh, very you know. Totally old school and almost black and white, really. 
but I, I couldn't tell you what the new, what the new, uh, color signals was, because I was so buzzing, to be honest. I, I don't, I, I missed it. I kind of wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh shit, there's the titles. And so all I know is that they got rid of that annoying fucking cogs and numbers and shit that the, that the, uh, that it used to have. But, yeah. you know, where they, they redid the, the title things and got rid of the time vortex thing. And it was all the clocks and cogs and, Oh, I miss the time vortex. So I oh, know I love the time. I mean, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, literally pretending I was flying down the fucking time vortex. That's what it was about. So I was really glad to see that back. And then as a one again, I know we said we're going to end on a high, but I said end, and then I'll I'll let you finish off. Okay. With that that kind of <laughs> sorry, the um like the, the advert at the end, the trailer at the end. Oh, that guest stars. That pissed Well, I I knew one of them, and I can't even remember his name. But like the thing I found strange about that, and I said this to Rich, was that like it's totally incongruous. If you're not going to show them actually do anything other than turn the head and look at camera, yeah. like that doesn't tell you anything about what's coming up except this cavalcade of people. Yeah. Like, and I like yeah. you say, I don't know. I didn't know who any of them were. I did. I couldn't give a shit. Like even half a shit. My my mate emailed me and just said, "What was that about?" I'm going, "I know." So it was like, "Who, who, who?" And then then it's fucking Lee. What's his name? The comedian. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, Lee Mack. <laughs> I forgot. I tell you what though. Nobody, when, nobody. When, Lee Mack. What the fuck? When so, Alan Cummings came <laughs> around with his fucking fancy ass hat, I was like, "Okay, I'm down for this." I, I am mean, yeah, in for that. And I was just feeling like, "How am I supposed to know who these people are? Are these?" Am I just being ignorant and just not hip with the kids? Are these really famous people that I'm just not aware of <laughs> because I don't go in hip circles anymore like I ever did? Um, but it was just literally, why are they putting this person's name on the screen like I'm supposed to know who it is because I don't know who it is? It was a weird way, especially because they then still did the like next week on kind of thing. So it was like, well, why didn't you just leave it at that? Like, yeah. why don't you just have, like, ooh, coming up next week, little sneak. I mean, I don't like that anyway, because I think the end of this, this first episode was so, like, oh, God, I didn't expect that. Yeah, well, that I kind of yeah, didn't yeah, want to see what was happening next yeah, week. That cliffhanger. You don't, yeah, you don't leave on a cliffhanger and then go, and here's the, here's the next, here's the, some scenes from the next episode that shows them just running around and doing normal yeah. stuff, where you've literally just left them floating in space, suffocating, and about to die. Yeah. In like five seconds' time. Why would you do that? So oh. weird. So <laughs> weird. Well, yeah. well, I'm going to start ending on the positives. On on my positives. Although I do have two stray observations that I just have to mention before we talk about actual stuff. You know how the episode opened with the kid doing a YouTube video talking about his uh, the 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 best woman in his life, and you think it's going to be the doctor, and you find out later who's actually talking about his nan, which is adorable. Two things. Two people thumbs down his video about his dead nan. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not cool, guys. That is not cool. It, that is yeah, so is mean. Like, it's... only 19 people watched it, I think, or something like that. And two of those 19 people went, nah, mate, fuck your dead man. <laughs> and the thing so is, that, that was it's weird. not going to be his mates anyway. It's only... Right? <laughs> Like, nobody's just casually strolling across that video and being like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. But then also, one, the thing, one of the other stray observations I made that really made me laugh, and Rich was disconcerted by how much I was laughing at this, one of the videos that was previewed along the side of that sort of, like, YouTube screen that it opened on was called Secret Pigeon. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I love it. 
Well, I'm just amazed that you've Secret looked that pigeon. close, to be what? honest. Secret pigeon? Like, I'm gonna YouTube I'm gonna look on YouTube later and find out if secret pigeons are real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it though, secret fucking pigeon. Um I feel like we've barely talked about the companions at all, um but like I really do need to round this off soon because this is almost double the amount of time I said we were gonna do. Yeah. <sighs> an episode um, but I will say uh, Bradley Walsh wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be I've never seen him act I've only seen oh. him on like the chase and stuff yeah. but I was worried that it was going to be like um, oh what was that film that I watched recently there was a <laughs> this isn't going to help because I can't remember who it was but there was a film I watched recently where there was somebody who was so famous in it that I just kept looking at him <laughs> and like no you're too famous like you're yeah. just you and you uh, and I just didn't buy it um, but he was—he was actually—he was all right. I did find though that it was a bit odd that they had like they kept sort of trying to give the companions like different things to do. But actually, when you look into it, it was the same thing to do, just slightly differently. Like, yeah. like the young kid Ryan going to look on social media whilst the policewoman goes to the police station to look at records, whilst Graham like goes to the bus station to ask the bus drivers. Yeah. That's just yeah. three different ways of asking around. <laughs> But it, yeah, this is this is this is kind of like my worry because um, three companions is a lot of companions. It is. It really you is. Know? I'll be honest. I don't think like I really liked Yaz. Um, I really I liked her mm. a lot. She seemed proactive. Yeah. Uh, she seemed interesting. She could hold her own. I'm not sure about Ryan. Mm. Um, partly because, and um, this is going to seem really mean, I wasn't that sold on his acting. Mm. Um, anyway. But also because they didn't actually really show him doing anything except yeah, being yeah. the one that accidentally accepted the yeah. <laughs> the alien coming to Earth yeah. to assassinate um, <coughs> random people. Yeah, but I, I can I can put that down to like first episode, episode introduction. Yeah, not enough room to do anything yeah. shenanigans, you know. So hopefully that will come back in. But <laughs> uh, but obviously I remember. Oh God, I'm sounding so fucking old. I remember back in the olden days. Back in my day. When Peter Davison had like three companions and they fucking struggled to have them stuff, to give them stuff to do. Yeah. So they had to kill. But um, my, my theory is, and I'm kind of dreading it already, is the kind of World's End theory. Mm. You know, the film The World's End, where yeah. one of the characters goes, I don't understand why there's only three musketeers. If you had five musketeers, you could kill two off and still have three left. So my theory is you've got three companions so you can kill one off and mm. still have two. So <laughs> I don't think things are looking good for Bradley Walsh. Oh, no, that's interesting. Um, but I do think he's... Bit, that that um, would be a little bit harsh to Ryan, though, wouldn't it, to it kill off really, his, his nan and his is, step-granddad? <laughs> exactly. This would be really fucking harsh to me to do. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's... It's the Stacey's all over again, you know. I don't care. Yeah, Gwen Stacey's dead. I don't care that we kill off, you know, George Stacey. Oh, sorry, I'm making Spider-Man references. It's just right. I'll let, uh, No, I got it. At first, I thought you were talking about me, though, when you just said the Stacey's. I, 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 I realised when I, I said that, I thought, oh, you don't do that without telling somebody, if you're talking to somebody called Stacey, and then just bring up the Stacey's. Did I get murdered and I didn't know? <laughs> Who's fucking dead? Who's fucking dead? But, Who are you calling dead, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just fooly for a while. I just couldn't carry on podcasting. I'm not dead. But um I'm still But yeah, so that's that's my theory anyway. That's a lot of uh that's a lot of companions and I figure at least one is disposable. Yeah. I yeah, I mean I can't yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Um I don't know if perhaps I don't know if it will definitely be him. 
But mm. yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they do it because I do think sometimes they struggled with like what to do with Rory back in the Amy and Rory days. Yeah, I, and that's I, just I think, two I think, of them. <laughs> yeah, I think two companions can be a handful because you've got to then because the companion really is just there for exposition. Generally, they're there for the Doctor to go. Okay, this is what we need to do. So the audience knows what's going on, really. Yes. An extra companion there is just like, well, okay, well, the one companion's there to get captured. What's the other one there for? Uh, and whatever the one companion's doing, you just go, well, what's the other one there for? So then you either have to send that one off and do something different or let them hang around or you leave him in the TARDIS or something like that. You know, it just yeah. seems a lot. Uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm, you have to kind of assume that they, they know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, with Rory, they kind of wrote him out for a while and all that kind of stuff, so it, it becomes uh, tricky. But um, but we'll see. It'll take early days, and I'm I'm leaving it again on a positive. I'm leaving it a hell of a lot more optimistic than I went into it. Oh God! Like I uh, like I say, I went into it sort of like oh. Doctor Who's back. That was my level of <laughs> excitement, yeah. and most of it was just surrounding, you know, the fact that that Jodie Whittaker was in it. I left it like absolutely buzzing, like almost at the Matt Smith levels of like, oh, I can't wait till next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I really want to see where this is going and how she develops and how their relationships develop and mm. like, yeah, I was very excited by the end because I think they've made some sort of aesthetic changes as well that really mm-hmm. benefited the show like it looked really good it looked a lot darker I don't know if it, if it's just my memory of it but it did look a lot darker again it looked like a John Carpenter film for a lot of it it, was, it seemed to be very a lot of it seemed to be more at night than uh, than, they, than, they, than I'm, I recognised from previous whether that's true or not I don't know but it seemed, it just seemed noticeable to me. I was watching thinking, there's a lot of this at night time. Now, whether there really is or not, I'd probably find out that no, there's, there's just as many nighttime scenes. But um, this felt very nighttimey. Yeah. So we'll wait and see what happens. What, again, one last thing, kind of, again, <laughs> talking of random observations. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was annoying me or had me kind of um, less than optimistic, shall we say, going into it was before we, we saw it, all the promotional stuff was all about Jodie Whittaker. And understandably so, it's a new Doctor and yada, yada, yada. But that's all it was, really. It was like, new Doctor, oh, and a bit of Bradley Walsh, and these two other actors who you don't really know, but they're going to be in it as well. There was no kind of talk or hints or anything of the monsters. Yeah. And I thought, I can't, okay, I'm excited about Jodie Whittaker, tell me something else. Uh, and they kind of didn't mention anything. Uh, now, whether there's been, you know, I'm not big into fandom, so whether there's been, there's been like, rumours about whether Dalek's coming back or Simon are coming back or Vogons or whoever, whatever, the, you know, Michelin Man or whatever, whether any of those are going to come back, I don't know. <laughs> but I've, I've gone from being, that's annoying, why aren't they telling us about the monsters, to don't tell us about any monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to know what monsters are coming. So please don't tell me now. Having not told us any monsters now, don't fucking tell us from going forward. Yeah. You know? I I think I'm going to be of the camp of switching off before the next week on kind of preview thing because I used to find that used to ruin things a bit for me anyway on the uh on the other the other seasons that I've watched. Yeah. So um I am I am very excited. I've heard rumors but I don't want to say them now that you've said yeah. that. So okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't It's one of the things myself. that kind of annoys me previously mm. was when they announced that like Missy was, you know, the master was coming back as Missy and stuff like that. And you go, wouldn't it have been nice 
if you didn't fucking tell us six months ahead. There's there's a lot of stuff that I feel like that about. Like, um, I would have quite liked to have not known that there were three companions, or if there were going to be three, which three it was. Yeah, because yeah, then yeah. Grace would have been a much bigger. I mean, I will admit actually that I'm I was really sad about Grace dying, um, yeah. because I thought she was one of the better of the four. <laughs> she, yeah, she was the more interesting character of the four. Yeah. To be honest, it's a bit of a shame. She was a bit more. You know why she had to go because she was a bit more. You know, proactive and let's go and, and do shit kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, but what, another thing I'm kind of interested, and I'm sure it's not going to be a thing. I really like that it ended on a cliffhanger and I'm kind of hoping that's going to be a thing that the, the episode will end quantum leap style with either a cliffhanger or the start of the next. Cause I thought quantum leap had such a great gimmick mm. by showing you the start of the next story. Teasing you a bit. Yeah. I'm surprised that more shows haven't done that. Because that's, because that really fucking guarantees you're going to come back. But yeah, so I really like the ending on a cliffhanger. I'm kind of hoping that I'll do that. Because one of the things I kind of miss about Doctor Who, because obviously when it trans, when it came back, it went from being serials, like, you know, four, five, six, seven episode serials to being one episode stories or two episode stories is you kind of lose the cliffhangers. Yeah. So. I'd be, I'd be nice if they could find this way of just introducing cliffhangers to every episode and just, you know, whether it's a, a bit a proper dramatic cliffhanger like at the end of this one with them floating in space, or if it's just a case of you, you you literally see the first, you know, 30 seconds of the next episode with them arriving somewhere and it's like, oh, we're on Desert World or Jungle World or back in Sheffield or wherever <laughs> it is, you know? Yeah. Or if it's mm-hmm. like, you know, in the Brussels, oh, we're in London. Oh, we're in London. Oh, it's Cardiff. Oh, <laughs> so, um, but that's, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my, kind of hopes going forward that we'll kind of see some, because, you know, I mean, this is the exciting thing is it, it is feeling like a, a completely fresh deal. It is, isn't it? Uh, and then they can, they can fanny around with it a bit. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And now I'm cutting us off, Lee. I'm oh, cutting us off. Good, yes, do it. In a fucking hour and five minutes. <laughs> fucking hell. Well, there was, there, was, there was, you know, at least ten minutes of us talking about the flu. <laughs> you can cut yeah. that fucking right out. Well, can I though, or will I just cut out the silences and then put music at the start? Well, that will be <laughs> editing and stuff, so. Oh, dearie me. Lee, where can people find your lovely self on that there internet? You can find me on Twitter at lovelylee underscore G. Uh, and that's it, because I don't do a thing. I, <laughs> I, I literally just bum around other people's podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. You can bum around the parlour whenever you like, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe my bum all over the parlour every time I'm here. I'm I'm rubbing it on everything. I feel like now I need to get the parlour sterilised. <laughs> um, if you would like to do a talk to me on the internet, you can find me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour. That's Stacey with an E and Parlour with a U. You can drop me an email at stacysparlour at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at T. That's the letter T, not a cup of tea. Uh, not that you thought that my name might be Stace Bob and then a little cup of tea emoji. You really ought to bring out a brand of tea called Stace Bob Tea. Fucking love tea. I'd buy that. 
Oh my god, I drink Doctor Who tea. Did I tell you this? No. I've, I've I've gotten into some like real poncy loose leaf teas, and there's a there's a place called Adagio Teas. Not sponsoring this episode, but if they want to, they absolutely can. Um, who do fandom blends? And one of the fandoms that they do is Doctor Who. And I've got to say, the River Song tea, which is an Earl Grey moonlight tea with a hint of lemon cloud, is fucking delightful. <laughs> nearly shit myself. I can't. No, there's no way. I'm putting whatever you just said in my body as a cuppa. That's, no, that's oh, not good. No, that. it's beautiful. And the Amy Pond one, which is like oranges and cranberries and chai spice, is really nice as well. <laughs> Especially if you put the flu and you put a little, just a little old tot of a whiskey or bourbon in there, just a little dupe. Uh, it's bloody lovely. Anyway. Oh, leave us a review on iTunes or on Podchaser which is a fairly new website that's claiming it's going to become like the IMDb for podcasts. You can actually review individual episodes on there. So if you decide that you like The Parlour, but you hate all the other podcasts I do, (laughs) you you can at least leave reviews just for this, which is great. And on that note, I'm going to go because I need a beverage and a lozenge, maybe a fancy cup of Ponzi loose leaf tea. And I've got to draw my Inktober because I haven't done it yet today. Shocking. And I did a boo. Well, yeah, so on that note, thanks for joining me, Lee. You're uh, welcome. Never again. Yeah, go, go and have a shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Smooch. Bye.